again and welcome to the latest episode of Curving Conversation. What a start to the year it's been. A whole host of fabulous shows from Waitress and the Osmonds Musical to Bedknobs and Broomsticks and various shows and events as part of the Leicester Comedy Festival and the Spark Arts Children's Festival. Do you know there is so much more to come as well? So don't forget to check out the latest brochure or go to curveonline.co.uk. As you can hear, the actors are warming up behind me in the rehearsal room as we go behind the scenes for this episode with Nikolai Foster and the cast of the new Made at Curve production of Beautiful, the Carol King musical. This show tells the extraordinary story of one of the greatest songwriters of all time, how Carole King fought her way into the record business as a teenager, selling her first hit when she was just 17 years old. By the time she reached her 20s, she had the husband of her dreams and was writing hits for the biggest names in music, from Bobby V to Aretha Franklin, the Monkees to the Drifters. So let's start by talking to Curve's artistic director, Nikolai Foster. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's a joy to be working on this show and all of these incredible songs you don't quite realise that you're a Carole King fan <laughs> until you work on Beautiful and you realise there are so many hit songs that they all wrote <laughs> Tell us why this show for you then because for me I know all the music I know the story but it's great to introduce it to a new audience isn't it? I think so and like I said you don't really realise how many songs you actually know I mean it is literally just hit after hit after hit mm. I mean that Tapestry album I don't know how many number ones or hits it spawned but it really is a sort of masterclass in songwriting in form beautiful lyrics incredible melody catchy songs that we all know mm. and I think for all of us whatever age you are this sort of um, body of music sort of it's key moments in our life whether it's you know getting married or having a baby or feeling loss or you know meeting somebody for the first time it's they, they've just got it yeah and it's incredible just yeah as I say how many songs you didn't realize that they had written because of course a great thing about them especially in the early days they were just songwriters they weren't you know Carol King wasn't performing them so you know it was the Shirelles it was the Drifters it was Little Eva but you know of course we know the locomotion now through Kylie Minogue mm. and that's just one example of how those songs have been reinvented by subsequent artists through the decades and why they're probably going to outlive us all quite frankly. Away from the songs because it's not a jukebox musical it's got great songs that everybody will recognise but it's got a real heart as well it's about relationships um, you know marriage but relationships in general but it's also about Carol King's growth because as you say she started as a songwriter never ever wanted to be a performer but it's her growth in life as well her independence her empowerment really I think that's what what you say about it having so much heart is why the story works and why it's sort of it, it's not just sort of vacuous hit after hit after hit it's because you've got this incredible human being Carol King sort of threading it all together and her story is really phenomenal and mm. she's a very humble complicated sort of extraordinary human when you you know obviously read the memoir and she has lived such a full life and as I say she's always been a very humble person so this idea of going out there and performing herself that really wasn't something that came to her until sort of later in her career and life and um, she's just such a yeah such a sort of humble interesting human being and it's interesting because obviously we've never met her and maybe hopefully one day she might see our production because I think she'd really like the musicianship which sort of sits at the heart of it 
but it's nice going into rehearsals every day because you really feel her presence and it's a very calming very peaceful very humanist presence and it's a, it's a real pleasure to feel that every day and what a talented cast you've got for this and the creative team as well i mean it, watching you in the rehearsal room it's an absolute joy to watch this show grow you know we sort of joke don't we in musicals you know they've got to sing act and dance they're triple threats and certainly in an actor musician show as you saw today we're staging these big musical numbers with our phenomenal choreographer Leah Hill and they're not only singing acting and dancing to an incredibly high standard but they're also playing all of the instruments and Sarah Travis, who Curve audiences know and love through many shows, she is there weaving this tapestry of, you know, music together. And it's just, it's so brilliant, isn't it, that we can come to work every day and we've got music filling our lives. And often it's strange with a musical that you don't meet the band until the end of the rehearsal process. And then most of the time they're in a pit or, yeah. you know, like in a chorus and they were sort of at the back of the stage, whereas this they're at the centre of it, they are the living, breathing heartbeat of it and it's really, it's beautiful, it's very moving that, you know, one minute somebody's playing a saxophone, then they're doing a dance routine, then they're playing the drums and for many of our company they haven't been in an actor musician show before so, you know, they have phenomenal voices and they have a bit of percussion and now they're saying, oh, I want to play the drums on that or <laughs> can I learn a bit of piano here and it's incredible to see that sort of musicianship and I always think of Andrew Lloyd Webber and the phenomenal work he's done with trying to get music into schools and young people playing instruments and you just think a room like this that's just filled with music mm -hmm. and how phenomenal for young people people of every age to come and see this show and just see music and people playing instruments and making music together on stage I think it's going to be a very powerful thing really. Just one final thing you know, for you personally, we are getting closer and closer to what we knew as normality now, phenomenal success with the chorus line, beautiful now in the rehearsal room, you've got Greece going into the Dominion I mean the year has really kicked off hasn't it yeah, Akram Khan's in rehearsals at the yeah. moment, rehearsing The Jungle Book. We've got our co-production with Grey Eye, um, The Paradise File. So there's so much happening. And yes, it does feel like we're sort of getting back on our feet. The New Work Festival kicks off in the spring. So that's local artists and our resident creatives creating new sort of bold work. So it, yeah, it does feel like we're getting back to normal. And it feels like we sort of can't go back now. We've got to keep trying to get people through the door encourage audiences to come back it is a very safe environment you know our phenomenal front of house team really yeah. do go above and beyond as you know as an audience member to look after people and you know we encourage people to still wear their face coverings and you know we're in this modern very well ventilated building and so we're really proud of that and we hope that that gives confidence for people to come back because that's what we need now. There's no point making all of this work if people don't come along and support it because it's all for the audience. Once again, it makes you the busiest man I know, so we better let you get back into the rehearsal room because they can't do anything without you. Thank you, Nikolai. Thanks, Martin. Always a pleasure and great to have your support. 
playing Carol King is Molly Grace Cutler. How are you, Molly? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you enjoying this? Because in the rehearsal room, there is so much energy and talent, isn't there? Yeah, everyone is incredible. We're very, very lucky to have such a wonderfully diverse cast who are so amazing at like, everything that they do. So. Tell us a bit about your background, first of all. Uh, I think you're a Grimsby girl, aren't you? I, I am, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born and bred. <laughs> so I know you're a singer-songwriter musician as well as an actress. Mm. Um, where did that start for you? What, what was the influence early on? Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I started sort of dabbling in, in writing and things from, I don't know, about 14, I think. When, when I first started kind of picking up guitar, I think sort of around 14, 15, I took a lot of influence from, you know, a lot of Fleetwood Mac, oh, yeah. like Patti Smith, like very strong female lead singers and I really like the way that they wrote but I've kind of dabbled in and out through doing theatre as well so <laughs> it kind of smushes. So what came first music or theatre or did it all come together? No music came first music came first I, I picked up playing piano when I was like I don't know four or five I think I was small and um, I've played that you know forever and then yeah progressed to guitar when I think I got very jealous like as a kid because I had all these bands that I would listen to and yes, there was a lot of bands that from like the 70s that had very strong like female singers. But a lot of the music that I liked as well had, they were all male bands, especially the guitarists of the bands yeah. were always usually guys with long hair, <laughs> <laughs> leather pants. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be that. So <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pick up guitar. I find it funny because I think when you're that age, a lot of guys play guitar because they think if I play guitar, I'm going to get all the girls. Yeah. And I was like, no, I just want to be them. <laughs> I think I just want to be them. So, um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, a funny progression. So when you were growing up, what sort of music was played in the house? Did oh. anybody have any Carol King? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hugely diverse background of music. My dad and a lot of his brothers back in the day used to DJ quite a lot. So we used to have a vinyl player in our um, dining room, I guess. And um, I used to go put my little vinyls <laughs> on the tape deck and just play them but yeah we had like yeah everything from carol king like frankie valley mm. big elvis fans um but then like we had a lot of aretha franklin and nina simone and you know the big crossover i think like carol is very much sits in the middle i think a bit like elvis i was always into those musicians that didn't sound like the rest of the very white music scene of mm. those times you know i had it available to me through the records that my parents owned so i just took advantage of that and it was great so how much did you know about carol king's life and and how important this period of music was generally speaking well i mean i was very aware of carol and her writing that uh, for sure because she's a legend and her songs are amazing but in terms of her actual life and and sort of the things that she went through i, I didn't know a lot of a lot at all i don't think many people really do i mean for sure all of us in the room were very shocked at, like how much she actually went through and i mean surpassing our show like what she continued to go through as well um so that was like a very big kind of light bulb moment of like oh this is why you wrote <laughs> such incredible songs like you had to get the fuel from from somewhere it's been a a fun discovery for sure and that whole period the brill building mm. i mean uh, barry and cynthia mm, of course neil sadaka who's in the show as well yes. who was a great songwriter with howard yeah. greenfield in his yeah. own right i mean it's just a magical time, that whole period through the 1960s and the inter-sort of uh, spursed relationship with people like James Taylor as well, you know, working together, James playing on Carol's albums and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's handy that you're a multi-instrumentalist, yeah. really, isn't it, to, to play this role? <laughs> it is a little bit. I mean, we didn't really know what kind of direction 
we were going to take Carol in for this show in terms of like obviously she plays piano, but very much with that to musician shows and inherently in the show, you know, it's about Carol playing piano, but we wanted to kind of like free it up as much as possible and really sort of embrace the ensemble unit uh, which actor musician shows create, which I love. Mm. So it was really nice to actually feel part <laughs> of the ensemble with everyone else and be able to kind of free up and not always be at the piano and just feel like a whole company and not just like, oh, there's the company and there's Carol. She is nothing without the rest of the mm. the rest of the ensemble. So it's nice to actually really embrace that as well and i don't know whether it's probably the first time you've ever played a living person a living legend at that yeah yeah are you conscious of that oh yes just (laughs) a little there's no pressure at all yeah um yeah a living legend that's the scary bit you know people play these people but usually Mm. we're we're not fortunate to have those people still with us most of the time but with this we do so it is very you know intimidating to say the least um (laughs) but at the same time really really nice because i think that it's very lucky for us that we get to kind of pay homage to someone, like give an active thank you to someone and not just be like, oh, we're honoring them now they've passed. Mm. It's like, no, you are still here and you're still being incredible. Thank you. <laughs> and and lots, lots is said about jukebox musicals. This is not anything like a jukebox musical. It's full of songs that are memorable and fantastic, but it's got such a heart. It's got such an incredible story, isn't it? Oh yeah, just her life itself, I mean, I don't know if how much you know, but originally when they did it for Broadway, she wasn't keen. And I mean, looking at it, you think, oh, yeah, like your whole trauma and life has been mm. put on a stage in front of loads of people. Why Why would you want that? But I think it really emphasizes and highlights like what a strong person she was and, and how incredible her mind was to be able to take such negative moments and turn them into these beautiful songs for people that relate to them now to this day now anybody who follows you on twitter will have seen on your twitter profile that you describe yourself as neurodivergent and there may be a lot of people who don't understand what that term means can you explain to us what that is and and your sort of experience yeah so um neurodivergency i kind of you know it's like an umbrella term it covers a lot of neurodivergences underneath it. I'm autistic. I've recently, I've spent 26 years of my life just kind of going, I don't know what I'm doing. But everyone, you know, never really fitting in. Everyone always kind of just going, oh, she's she's just doing her thing. Mm. I don't really know what it is, but she's doing her thing, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I think like a lot of people through, well, actually previous to the pandemic, but sort of leading into the pandemic, through work I was noticing a lot of like I'd not been in the industry professionally that long maybe a couple of years but I was starting to notice things that were really being triggered quite a lot through that through those processes sorry so I kind of got to lockdown and you know we all spent a lot of time with ourselves and I was like yeah I need to talk to someone about this because I'm really not feeling good in Mm -hmm. myself and um, it took the best part of over half a year but I literally received my diagnosis before starting this job like maybe a week or so before starting and um, it kind of was like a wow moment because you kind of analyze your life in a 3D model and you relive moments throughout your life and go that makes so much sense now that makes so So a a great relief in many ways because now I know what it is I can get on with my life and deal with it yes absolutely and I now know like 
particularly like the things that I found that were triggering through through work, I'm able to acknowledge them now and go, oh, I do this not because there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this because this is just how my brain processes something. And it's amazing to be able to acknowledge it and not be scared of it and not kind of either ignore it so it makes you far, far worse if you're trying to ignore it. Or people can have such negative reactions to your reactions to things because Mm -hmm. everyone's scared and no one really knows what's going on. So, yeah, it is quite a big relief to be able to do something that I love and feel kind of safe in it again. It's good to talk about it as well, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, this theatre, this cast, this crew, everyone has been so open and and really supportive with me with everyone i mean i'm you know i'm not on my own there's plenty of people mm. with neurodivergencies probably in the cast and crew and everyone is just like hey this is me this is part of who i am and you know sometimes i might struggle with these things but you know i'm working on it and working to accept it and embrace it and for anybody who wants to find out more about it big shout out to your agents because oh, on, yeah. on their website full explanation and yeah. and they're doing a fabulous job yeah adam is incredible they're doing such a a, a wonderful job with their agency i mean i couldn't believe that i actually like found them it was very sort of like a quick almost like fate meeting of the fact that i was going through my diagnostic process and as I was getting my diagnosis, his agency like popped up mm. and I was like, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Are you for real? Like there's actually an agency specifically created for people whose brains work differently. And so I got in contact and was like, hi, <laughs> help me. <laughs> I, I've just got my diagnosis. I'm feeling relieved and lost and overwhelmed. And it is so wonderful to start a job one in such an amazing role but two to be able to have that support that I've like craved and I've needed since obviously leaving drama school and working I've not had that and it feels so different in a in an amazing way like his support is just unreal it's unmatched it's amazing. well I'll tell you what it's fabulous to see you in Leicester and to see you in a good place as well and this show is going to be absolutely amazing Molly thank you for talking to us thank you very much thank you for having me <laughs> Well, of course, the central relationship of the show is that between the fantastic songwriting team of Carol King and Jerry Goffin. Jerry Goffin is played by Tom Milner. And Tom, this is just such an incredible show to be part of, isn't it? Yeah, really blessed to take on the role of Jerry. I mean, I've been blessed in my last few jobs with roles that I've taken on, but this one in particular. The thing is, when when you take on these type of roles, you have to do your homework Mm -hmm. and... um, that forces you then to, to, to delve into their journeys and their lives and Jerry and, and Carol's life and the songs that they wrote is just kind of amazing. The songs that I used to dance at family parties to when I was five years old that I'm doing now that I didn't realise was wrote by these two geniuses. Yeah, and when you know the story, the lyrics have another meaning, don't they? Yeah, exactly, and that's what Nikolai's great, the director of this show, of like, you know, we're not just singing the lyrics, we're actually delving into what the lyrics and what the words actually mean. And mm. Jerry, for sure, had a that view on a lot of things whereas Carol was musically her music was lighter so actually if you if you look at the lyrics and and play the music you think it's a happy song mm-hmm. but when you again when you look at the lyrics and delve into that it's pretty dark really the sad thing is i mean obviously Jerry Goffin died a few years ago mm-hmm. now but they separated 
quite early on and divorced and Carol remarried, but mm. they were better friends later in life than they probably were at that you know turbulent time in their marriage. But they wrote such a fantastic back catalogue. But the show is full of great songs, isn't it? Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel, the songs they mm. wrote. I mean, obviously, Neil Sedaka as well is in there with the song he wrote. Mm. That building, the Brill building, was just an amazing place to work, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly that. But yeah, I mean, poor Carol. I mean, she, she attracted, I think, another couple of bad men in her life. Yeah. So she must have attracted them. But yeah, you're right. And I, when again, when I was doing the research, I, I think Jerry had gone to see this when it was on Broadway as well. And I was like, really surprised. Yeah. having read the script and stuff but I think he was quite protected as well I mean we know that he goes down a bit of a dark path but I don't think they go into the full depths of that which yeah. is which is really nice because mm-hmm. I know Carol was involved in in the writing and creating of it as well so yeah they protected him which was which is nice and as you said that the relationship got better as when they weren't a couple but I think even in the script you know Jerry's and and Carol's main main thing is that they're, they're a team, whether that's marriage or not. They, yeah. they stick to together because what they create together is is wonderful. And they had to because the the building, the production line, it was a music factory, wasn't it? You know, mm. the the songwriting teams were all competing against each other to find a, a new hit for whoever. So they had to produce. And uh, yeah, and I don't think they got a lot of uh, financial, you know, <laughs> things from it either. So as you said, like the, it was just constantly on the process of writing writing and, and again in the script jerry goes you know they, they, get, they get a big hit but that's not enough for jerry mm. you know the next one's then and then the next one after that and i think that actually turns out the reason why he goes into a bit of a downward spiral is because he's just work work heavy mm-hmm. um, and you see that in modern day times you know i've got friends now that are really successful in what they do really successful yeah. but you see what the after effects that that does yeah you know money doesn't always bring happiness either does it no it's all consuming though isn't it what about you what's your background um because everyone in this cast is multi-instrumentalist actor dancer performer Mm. all-round talent really what's your background uh so yeah i've I've done acting since i was like 13 years old i jumped into a children's tv series which was great for me and then i joined bbc drama called water the road which Mm -hmm. is about a school so i did that for like four years and that really was kind of my takeoff point and then I did a few bits after that, like Holby, and then the musical theatre world uh, allowed me in through a show called Soho Cinders, which mm. was put on in Soho, and it was uh, Stars and Drew, and they were amazing at giving me the first opportunity because there was quite a stigma at that point where, you know, people that had trained in musical theatre, they saw a lot of TV stars coming into musical theatre and they didn't like it, and, you know, that was kind of when I jumped in and before I'd even opened my mouth and started singing, I had I had people judging me at that point. So it's really, really hard. But I really do thank uh, George and Anthony Styles and Drew um, for giving me that opportunity because then what that does is it then builds up trust for other yeah. productions to 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 allow people like myself to to because I never trained either. You know, I I I learnt on the job if you like, which was brutal and. I'm always learning, you know, my dad yeah. always told me from a young age, you know, the minute you stop learning, the minute you should give up what you're doing. So I'm always like, like, even on this job, I mean, I say this every time I do a job, the talent in the cast are amazing, but this is just taken yeah. to a different level. What about the music, though? Because obviously anybody who comes to see it will see, you know, like yeah. I said, everybody's a multi-instrumentalist. Is that Was that the first thing for you as a, as a kid, you know, picking up a guitar or whatever? Yeah, I mean, my dad always played guitar, so I'd always watch him, and but singing was kind of my first way in, if you like, you know, mm. I... 
I just loved singing. I was always, my poor older brother was always having to <laughs> enjoy me. There was a song, Michael Jackson's song, um, The Earth Song, which is the music video. He was in the forest grabbing trees, yeah. whereas I was in my conservatory grabbing conservatory <laughs> chairs. And my parents bought me my first ever. At that point, a wireless microphone, which was tragic, but it had a bright yellow foam thing on the top yeah. of it and but I thought I was on Glastonbury stage <laughs> you know so that's it's therefore why I'm here well listen it's a fabulous show you can see that already in the rehearsal room uh, looking forward to seeing it and in the meantime Tom thanks for talking to bless us bless you thank you for having me Well, I mentioned already that there are so many fabulous songwriters featured in this show. One of them is Barry Mann, and playing the role of Barry, amongst other things, is Josh Slovic. How are you? I'm doing very well. <laughs> this is just a fabulous show. The soundtrack, all of the songs are incredible. Of course, they're not all Carol King songs or Goffin and King songs, because Barry and Cynthia wrote so many fantastic songs as well. They really did. I didn't. I'd heard a lot of their songs over the years, but didn't realise that they'd written so many great hits. I remember hearing on Broadway for the first time when I was a teenager. And I've always remembered that tune. I had no idea that Barry Mann wrote that. Yeah. And, and not only on their own, but of, uh, of course with other partners, songwriting partners as well. The back catalogue is just incredible. So when you got this role, how much did you know about Carole King? I knew we used to love him tomorrow, Natural Woman. Mm -hmm. And I knew that she was an important songwriter. I didn't really know her story. And so in the build-up to researching this, just listen to Tapestry. What an album. Yeah. So, oh, Too Late is my favourite song on that. Absolutely love that tune. It's been a joy to research this job. I think it's an interesting story, not just her sort of relationship with Jerry Goffin, but also her sort of growth as a performer, particularly because uh, in the early days, she really didn't want to sing at all, did she? And, and that's something that this show, you know, really illustrates. Absolutely. I mean, not only that she, didn't, she wasn't a performer, there weren't many female composers. I mean, she was kind of groundbreaking. People at that time, you were a housewife, a secretary. Um, and to be a composer was really seen as a, as a man's job. Mm. So she was a trailblazer. She really was. Now, the, the cast is so talented. Every one of you, quadruple threats, multi-instrumentalists and so on. It's pretty demanding, actually, isn't it? It's really demanding. <laughs> I'll tell you the hardest thing. It's dancing and playing. Nothing can make you feel more stupid <laughs> than playing a... It can be a simple guitar riff and a simple step will change, but try and marry the two together, you feel like a complete idiot. I mean, it's all about muscle memory, isn't it? Getting it into your system, and that's why the rehearsals are so important. You have to drill it and drill it. You have to do a lot of it in your own time because it's you know, such a big production. There's so many production numbers. You, you have to... It's not just the hours in rehearsal. It's, it's the at-home, yeah. stomping around your bedroom keeping your neighbours up. It must be great fun though because there is so much energy and so much talent in that room. Everyone plays multiple instruments. They've done a great job casting it. You have to be a great singer, great actor, be able to do an American accent, <laughs> not even just not just American, some of them have to do Southern, so you have to be Bronx. Mm. Uh, yeah, Kay Maxon did a great job. What about your own background? Obviously, because you are a multi-instrumentalist as well as an actor, do you do music as well? Have you got a music career alongside the theatre career? I've always played in bands uh, alongside when I'm not acting. I play in a band, an Irish trad band called The Phoenix Collective. Mm -hmm. I, I was in a show called Once back in 2014, maybe. And we had to play lots of Irish traditional music. And that, when that finished, uh, we thought, you know, we're pretty good and we can make some money on the side. So I do play in an Irish trad, play banjo and mandolin in that. And then I deck with lots of different function bands. It's great to have so many different talents, though, because it means you're always in work. 
Well, that's, <laughs> that's the idea, yeah. It was, yeah, not so easy over the pandemic, but yes. Well, listen, we're looking forward to this. It's a fabulous show, even in the early stages in the rehearsal room. We can see just how amazing it's going to be. Joss, thank you for talking to us. You're more than welcome. Well, we couldn't talk about Barry Mann without his songwriting partner, Cynthia, played here by Seren Sandham-Davis. How are you enjoying it so far, Seren? I'm loving it so far. It's been such an incredible rehearsal process. And I think with it being actor-musician as well, on, from the first day, we've been such an ensemble and been working together and it's such a lovely company I couldn't and like the creatives are fantastic and inspiring it's been amazing (laughs) it's totally full on though isn't it I mean you you never really leave the stage in one capacity or another no so quick changes we haven't really worked those out yet because we're on the stage constantly so we really don't know when we're going to change we're going to find a point but um yeah it's a very intense show but it's amazing to be part of not just your own scenes but then you know, accompanying somebody else's song and then they then they accompany your song in the next scene. It's it's just like passing the baton, but yeah. it's it's amazing. I love and, it. And from what I've heard from other people so far, you've all learned so much about the characters, obviously all real-life characters. Cynthia and Barry wrote so many fantastic songs as well, of course. Yeah, and we don't realise, really, when we're listening to those songs that, that there's obviously um, Cynthia and Barry and then Carol and Jerry... They're behind so many incredible and famous songs that we just appreciate, but we don't really see the people behind them. So yeah. it's amazing to play such... Oh, she's a brilliant character. She's direct and feisty and very showbiz. It's, yeah. yeah, so it's been amazing to like try and bring her to life from behind the music. Carol's story in itself was very up and down. She had some really tragic things to deal with Barry and Cynthia had their ups and downs as well so I mean that's integral to this isn't it yeah I think um, the two couples act as a foil in some ways but then they share so many similarities and uh, obviously um, Carol and Jerry's relationship is quite a roller coaster Um, and then we've just actually been doing a scene now where um, Barry asked Cynthia uh, to marry him but she has a huge fear of that and how that would impact her life as a career woman and the expectations society has on her and her religion has on her to become a wife and a mother. So it's oh, it's so interesting exploring those relationships and kind of the conflict within them um, behind the love. Well, listen, Sarah, we better let you get back to rehearsals. But our final guest on this episode of Curving Conversation is another man of many talents in this very talented company of Beautiful, the Carol King musical. He's not only the musical director, he's a righteous brother, and he's playing another great songwriter, Neil Sadaka. Dander Cruz, how are you? Oh, hello, nice to meet you. I'm very, very well, thank you. How's it going so far? We're in week three, um, and we've really raced through. Everyone's doing extraordinarily well, and... um, I think it's going to be something special. I can see that already in the rehearsal room today. And some of the stuff you've been doing is pretty much for the first time on stage, on the floor. And it looks fantastic already. Um, Tell us about the process then, because every one of you is multi-talented. Yeah, so we're all playing as well as singing and dancing and acting. So we've kind of had to work on the music first, because without knowing the music, there's nothing for us to work to. So we spent the first week really bedding in or trying to cram as much music into people's heads as possible. And now we're trying to put that on its feet this week. Nikolai's amazing with sort of the way he he sees it happen and the inclusivity of, of all the instruments. And um, yeah, it's it's 
a logistical nightmare, I think. How much did you know about, obviously, Carole King's music, but her life as well before you came to this? Well, probably not as much as I wanted to. Definitely knew her music and loved her music. But it's surprising, I think, even for myself, about how much she's written that we don't know she'd written, mm-hmm. that we kind of um, attest to other people. But her life is... I mean, it's, it's as relevant a story now today as it was back then, really, of a woman sort of rising through the ranks against the odds, really. A lot of people who weren't around at the time, and, and I was, for a lot of people who were younger than me, they won't get any real idea of just how important that decade was in terms of music. And that building, the Brill building, for instance, was a music factory, wasn't it? Yeah, they they, they likened it to like Andy Warhol's factory, you know, and um, just some of the best music of its time came out of that point. And there was something about having all these hot housing, all these musicians in the same place that inspired them to to, to greatness. And music was such a a soundtrack to the counterculture that that all the the risings of the civil rights movements, women's rights and everything that was coming up at that time was really shown through music, sticking it to the man, as it were. And so many of the real life characters were great songwriters in their own right. Barry and and Cynthia, for instance, have an amazing back catalogue. Neil Sedaka, of course, with Howard Greenfield, wrote some absolutely fabulous songs. It was just a magical time, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was, because we hadn't experienced that sort of bubblegum pop, that happiness. And some of the lyrics are so dark when put to the sort of the very happy lyrics as well. So we were seeing teenagers making their lives, you know, and, and expressing that through. And a funny thing about the O'Carroll that Neil writes for Carol is that Jerry wrote uh, O'Neill yeah. as like sort of a diss track, as we call it now, in, in uh, response to that. Did you know that Carol King briefly dated Neil Sedaka at high school? Yeah, it was very brief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we could count it, it as a relationship. Yeah, the, a the teenage link, romance. The link between all of these characters is incredible. When you see any one of these sort of writer's stories, you realise how interconnected the whole thing is and how sort of inspired someone can be by another inspirational creature. And I think that's that's where we are, aren't we? And in terms of uh, being a, an actor-musician, these are such great songs to sing and play, aren't they? Yeah, when I got the, uh, the call to ask to do this show, it was hands down, got to do it. It's music for musicians, but for everyone, really. It's, it's so accessible, but it's a lot of fun to play. Well, listen, it's going to be a fabulous show. We look forward to seeing it. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you very much. And I'm afraid that brings this episode to a close. Tickets are, of course, available now for Beautiful, the Carol King musical. And this Made at Curve production runs from Monday the 28th of February to Saturday the 12th of March. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, if you don't want to miss any episodes in the future, make sure you subscribe through your favourite podcast app or go to curveonline.co.uk. Next month, amongst other things, I'll be previewing the brand new dance theatre production based on the original Rudyard Kipling story of Jungle Book with artistic director and choreographer Akram Khan. All that and more when you join me next time for more Curving Conversation. (laughs) 